Given that, our decision procedure mechanisms operate on autochthonous hardware, can there be escape from our collectively incorrigible provincialism? In other words, is there any way for us regionally evolved monkeys to aptly address planetary problems? You know, we're these, we, if we agree with Science 2020, the human beings are animals, primates, these evolved little critters, and, they, and we have some idea of their environment of evolutionary history especially the most recent stuff, you know, mm -hmm. where we might have got our more quote-unquote human parts. Right. It seems like we're designed to operate on little tiny tribes of, you know, a couple dozen or whatever, and we don't range more than 100 miles in any direction and all this stuff. But now we have to deal with planetary pandemics and we might have to deal with space forces mm. and tic-tac-shaped UFOs. And, you know, who knows? We have to deal with planetary, if not universal, problems with a primate robot. Uh, is, that, is that hopeless? If not, what? Like, how do we get there? How do we bridge that gap? So that we can address the problems at, the, at scale, essentially? Yeah. Kind of like the other question, the analogy I'm, I think I'm thinking here is, you know, you make a dish for dinner, whatever it is. And then they're like, okay, we need that catered for a wedding of a hundred people, you know? And the problem is that when you say are really good at making that dish for two people, now you got to find a way to make it still taste and have that all that experience be more or less as effective as it is with, you know, dinner for two. You got to do that for the whole wedding. <clears throat> and right now we're good at dinner for two, maybe. Our little regions, we don't travel very far. Um, for the most part, probably the majority of people, right? Yeah. And then we, you know, we have our little sensory systems that help us out in various contexts, but not global contexts. We're certainly, it seems, not very good at addressing these kind of more large-scale problems because we're so stuck in our own individual sense of where we are right here right now kind of thing can we get can we scale up or whatever to this to the planet right yeah i like that analogy uh that you've got your little and then you can bring in maybe even the notion of the whole kitchen unit or whatever, the chef in it, but then you also just have your little four-burner stove and you can only fit so many ingredients in your fridge before they spoil and all this stuff. And you're like, how the hell am I going to cater a wedding? I'm only built to do family meals. Right. Well, if we're going to continue with this analogy, we've got to find ways to preserve... Some of these materials or whatever um, to kind of hold on to them for longer, make them last, make them stretch so that um, we could maybe build a stockpile. That would be my other thinking is that stockpiling then might be a solution to the problem of, well, how do we cater a wedding when we're only doing family size stuff? 
<clears throat> yeah, including subtasks like or just general categorical activities like planning. Yeah. Right? And then and making a list. And how many do we need and what are how are we going to achieve this? So that there's some kind of idea of the stated goal for a potential problem and working ahead of time to address it. I mean, obviously, the corona stuff is coming up in my brain while we talk on that level. Right, right. We need, we're well aware that something like this might happen. Many would say will eventually happen. Yep. So it seems as though Earth 2020 could have done a much better deal at preparation, stockpiling, right? Yeah, we're, we're just at the beginning stages of, like, talking about it, though, I think, you know? And getting the right kind of respectable people to get in, like Bill Gates, and do a TED talk about it, you know, about pandemics or whatever the fuck. <clears throat> so it doesn't seem to me that that we're yet at that point. But I, at the same time, I would say that in the past, it's, it, at least if, as I understand it, you know the you know the axes and allies kind of situation with. Uh, you know, World War Two, for instance. And the Allies had this ability to kind of coordinate their efforts together to be able to attack on multiple fronts, the Nazis and then, of course, you know, the Japanese and maybe Spain and Italy as well, but primarily those first two that I mentioned. <clears throat> and it seems to me that's that was a success. Like, that was, you know... Cooperation, coordination, pro-social behavior. Uh, not just taking for yourself, but thinking, you know, the other guy first, you know, kind of mentality. That stuff all probably has to go be bundled in that package. Uh, That's probably my favorite one. Yeah. And, and if I could only have one emphasis in my toolkit for attempting to deal with this problem of how do you get regional monkeys to deal with planetary problems. It's, it just, it almost seems obvious to me that the number one thing to do is just collaborate. Cause if you've got a billion of these little provincial monkeys, but they're willing and able to work together, which of course is facilitated primarily by communication, mm -hmm. then what can they not do? <laughs> Right. Well, I think that certainly this falls under the multi-level selection one uh, model, which is that the, you know, the group that co cooperates on average more often will persevere, you know, uh, whereas the, a group of individuals that are, you know, in, you know, fighting amongst each other and it's every man for himself style doesn't do as well. Um and, uh, yeah, that just seems like at least we have the science of that, you know, where we could say, okay, well, we've had hypotheses and we've come up with experiments to test these kinds of, uh, you know, uh, how productive cooperating groups can be compared to groups that don't. Um, in Ceteris paribus, <laughs> yeah, I, right, suppose. I suppose. And, I, but, and, you, and you would say both empirically and uh, computer modeling. or Yeah, right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
The hard thing, though, is to short-circuit the chimp, right? The inner chimp. and 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 Or maybe somehow it's like barriers and corridors. Create a barrier to the you know, panic mode for the chimp, that behavior, and create a corridor at the same time for the um, hope and feel-goodness kind of thing that, at least to get the thing off the ground anyway, get people feeling good about being together and doing things for each other. Sure, there's always going to be that 1% of psychopaths who are like, I'm done pretending with this shit. Anyway. Um, Right. So if there are in, as we're developing our suggestions for strategies to succeed at planetary problems, if we then notice that there's a conflict between the rationally derived suggested strategy and the pre-installed hardwired chimpy evolved stuff, then we can use these tools that we might call self-awareness and self-improvement or personal evolution to try to become aware where that's happening Mm -hmm. and do our best to mitigate it from letting the chimp spoil the wedding. For sure, yeah. Um, It makes me think, though, of other things like, uh, you know... um, how do you stop a Trump type individual from, you know, being a fox in the hen house style, you know? Um, you know, where you know, maybe the fox is dressed up like a chicken, I don't fucking know, but they're like, Oh, just another chick You know, like you know, like it's uh to me that's the big thing is having enough of a you know, a, a community based awareness. I know I hate to say this, but it's like Leading by example and all this other stuff. I was reading about, you know, speaking of coronavirus, there's this youngish couple apparently from Quebec. I don't know where in Quebec. But they went up to the Yukon. I don't know if you heard this story or not. But the town called Old Crow or something like that. So I think it's predominantly probably Native American people. And you can only like fly in. You can't. There's no roads or anything like that. Well, this couple like showed up at the airport and they like didn't really have... Like, they just, like, had maybe, like, a jacket and a hat and really not much else. And they're all freaking out about the coronavirus and think that they can just go to this town and just live out their lives or whatever. But the people in the town are kind of afraid of the circumstances because they're not really, they don't have very many resources and they don't have certainly any means to address a spread of the virus if it were to arrive. Um, And uh, this one... I think he was a cop or something like that. He was handing out flyers, information flyers about COVID-19 or whatever. And he noticed this couple that totally like, they're not from here. It's a small community. And he started to talk to them and they immediately quarantined them. And then (laughs) like would bring them food and then like literally put them on a plane back to wherever they came from. And on the one hand, these people are maybe conduits for the overall problem of you know the the virus that's a global pandemic type of thing um and they're kind of coming into this country kind of like you know a space invaders or whatever right it's just sort of like a small microcosm of the example and the people together 
kind of kicked them out, you know, or like, ah, you know, but they kind of, no one was in the community saying, ah, well, you know, like no business person was like, oh, fresh meat, you know, or anything like that. No, they kind of all kicked them out together. There was no divisiveness, as far as I could tell, anyway, from within the community. Everybody was pretty much on board with the decision. And I don't know where I was necessarily going with this, but I was thinking, like, um, how do you get everybody to buy in, I guess, to the pro-social, to the rational plan that you have, and to... You know, I don't know. I, I Again, I guess I was thinking that the, the buy-in might be feeling good about being together and stuff like that, but I don't know if that's the best plan. Mm. You know? I could see how that might work, especially when the populace that you're talking about is one such as we have now, which is, in my perspective, very emotionally driven. Right. Another option to address that same thing would be education, perhaps, if we sure. did a better job and emphasized more and attempted to develop a population which was more sensitive to argumentation, then when, it, when the problem came up, they may be more persuadable rather than just being at the whims of their chemicals. Well, there's another component, I think, that also would need to be addressed. And this is the other part that may be what's causing there to be some real problems today in the world with respect to a global pandemic is that there are all these cultures and they're all different in how, you know, whatever their belief systems and et cetera, et cetera, are. And one of the things that <clears throat> that uh, W. Brian Arthur, the complexity scientists, economist kind of guy, experienced uh when he was young was he was part of a group that was trying to educate people in i think it was like bangladesh or maybe it was india um and they were trying to educate these women about um contraception and all that kind of stuff and what they learned was the women were like yeah 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 we know about contraception but if i have fewer children and likely then fewer boys if my husband is laid up or dies or whatever there's really nothing in our culture to stop my neighbor from coming in and taking all my shit so it's like okay yeah i education's good but you know and so i don't know um again that's just all this hard how do you hotwire a human brain to do what you want it to do yeah. um uh, people do seem to be like, what was the thing that's been going on with the pandemic? It's like, clap for your health service, you know, group or what, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, from like, your fucking house. Yeah, from your yeah. house. Like, But, you know, just like, uh, but they're trying to do this good feels kind of thing. Uh, when Italy went on its initial lockdown, they had like, whatever that operatic song, I'm sure it was Pavarotti singing perhaps. And it was very dramatic, you know, and the, the Air Force or whatever, the Italian uh, Air Force was flying in formation. And then they released the colors from the, you know, the back end of the burners or whatever, the jets or whatever, or something. They let, released the colors from somewhere as they're flying and it created the Italian flag. Mm -hmm. We'll persevere, we'll get through this. I don't know if there's a way to do that for, like, humanity on Earth. If there's, like, a... We don't have, like, a flag of earth 
Yeah. At least Which I don't know. Which may or may not be fortunate. But you know what I'm saying. Like, there's no colors of Earth that we should, like, you know, have all these planes flying around with Pavarotti screaming or whatever. Like, making everyone tear up and be like, damn it, I'm going to do this, you know? That's what, that's what I would call one of these emotional appeals. Yeah, that's appeals what I mean. to the chimp that we just take you, we meet you where you are, and we know we're asking a lot of you, so we're going to give you uh, 15 minutes of endorphins, and uh, yep. you'll be good for another 15 days. Right, guys? <laughs> no more looting? <laughs> yeah, totally. And we're like, oh, totally, it's fine, it's fine. And then they're like, loot, loot, loot. Well, the other thing, then, is to have, like... Uh, a, you know, extreme focus on on uh, the well-being of people. Make them feel comfortable and not afraid by providing them with the resources they need to get through the day. Especially if they're feeling afraid for their loved ones or, you know, not just themselves and things like that. So what is that? That's like social programming. That's, uh, you know, with respect to, say, healthcare, and I mean, I'll just go to Bernie's campaign and just like look up that shit, even though apparently that's like a light version of socialism. If you actually go to Europe where they're also dealing with this pandemic, they have a lot of social programs installed, but apparently they also have other uh, factors at play, which make life hard for them, too. So, um yeah, I don't, I don't know. One of the problems that we will run into while attempting to address this question is that we will develop planetary-sized problems when we try to think of solutions to it. Such as, well, let's just make everybody's life really good. <laughs> let's give everybody everything they need in the first place. Uh -huh. And I agree that would help make that race of beings better at addressing planetary problems. But it itself is a pretty big problem to get at. Well, and of course, the, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And the uh, and the idea about uh, globalization of de state decisions, or you know, are we going to have a one world government type thing? Because it seems to me as though that would be a potentially better way to address things like climate change, like pandemics yeah. that are clearly Earth sized. Yep. But we don't have any Earth sized governmental bodies that uh, have enough power right, right, to actually yeah. address these things. <laughs> we might nominally have some or some that can do a little bit here and there. Right. But we don't have the a powerful one that can legislate something like carbon emissions across the whole surface of the earth. You know. But that is the that is the project probably um, is to you know when I was uh, when I was in Ireland one time, there was quite a bit of like dismay I think over like because Ireland had had joined the European Union, and at the same time, so it's part of this large, larger body of you know governance, and yet uh, and so it had all the money and the monetary and all that kind of stuff, and yet they were like trying to hold on to their own like cultural history and stuff like that. So they were changing all the names of the towns back to their Gaelic versions and things like that, you know. And I don't know how many actual Irish people know it by heart necessarily Gaelic. So it's like it's this bizarre thing. It's like what you want us to like, you know, bring in all these people from Poland, and you you don't mind if we go to Poland ourselves and work, but then we're just gonna like force this, um, 
nativism or whatever it is you want to call it, this nationalism or this cultural quality in the you know naming of things, even though that's sort of a superficial thing, it's an attempt to just sort of have your regional identity and yet be part of this much larger governing body that will actually make decisions for the most part about you know the the big matters or whatever um and i you know i think brexit comes into play here too because now they want to you know they want to separate they want to you know want to be more national and not uh, be part of a union or whatever <clears throat> so i just i I would imagine that to get to that point is going to be no one fell swoop, but there's a lot of hiccups along the way. Uh, and then something like the uh, European Union is just one little prototype attempt at that, which, you know, is, you know, buckling under its own pressures at the moment. Uh, yeah. Because one thing I will say real quick is I saw a graph... People were trying to compare, you know, the COVID issue uh, in the United States with with another place. But they were like, you can't really compare it to Italy or to the Netherlands or whatever. You should just compare it to the European Union because the population sizes are sort of similar. And, you know, like and, you know, you got a better sense for, you know, uh, how similar is the response and, and is the the disease more or less having a similar effect. And it looks like it is, like at the population size of something like the European Union, which is about 200 million people larger than the United States, roughly. They're, they have a few, like they have a little more, yeah, they have more cases, but not that many more. And they've got more deaths, but not that many more. So it does seem like it scales. And, and uh, you know, addressing something like that... Uh, at the the larger scale, I don't know, but the uh, fuck, it gets <laughs> it. it well, the thing is that like it's hard for me to talk about it without all these other thoughts intruding in my head about you know like you mentioned climate change that would seem like the big one. They've certainly tried to get people together to do stuff, but somebody backs out or whatever. You know, like the U.S. backed out of the I think the Kyoto Protocol or whatever. Paris, right. Yeah, the Paris one, sorry. Uh, and uh, the Paris Agreement, right? Wasn't that what it was The called? Climate Accord, is that what it was called? Yeah, something. I don't know. doesn't matter. It's all boilerplate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just... And it probably wouldn't have done enough anyway. Yeah, right. There's so many concessions that have to be made for the old people who aren't dead yet. Although Corona's like, I'm working on it. Um... Yeah, I, I just think it's like, will we get there before it gets to us, whatever the big problem is that we just can't seem to get past, you know? Mm-hmm. Are we meant well, to inherit this Well, those seem to like be that? stacking up m more quickly as we become more powerful in the sense of being able to, through our collective actions, or the aggregate of our individual actions, or I suppose more aptly described, create planetary-sized problems. We are capable of enough car driving and cattle rustling and all this stuff that we can ruin the climate. Yep. And that 
seems to have outpaced our ability to transcend our chimphood, I think. The, we create more problems than we can fix right now. And we've been in that since at least Industrial Revolution, maybe Agricultural Revolution. We've been there for a long time. And that's, I guess, kind of the point of the question. Like, will, th will that ever catch up or supersede our ability to fuck things up? Will we ever be able to fix things or improve things? Or will we just make it worse and worse and worse until we're filtered out? Well, I was thinking like Jordan Peterson's 12 whatever's 12 steps. No, that's not right. 12 12 claws. I don't know. 12 somethings for humanity, right? Clean your room. That's climate change. We've made a mess. You clean your room. I don't remember the other ones, but I'm sure they apply. <laughs> Stand up straight. I don't know how that one is. Be nice to each other. What is the point of this? The point of this is to make a joke out of the idea of like, well, the solution is obviously the 12. Oh, we just need a 12 steps <laughs> program for humanity. Yeah, exactly. And if only everyone would buy it, then its author would be wealthy and then they could contribute to climate change and destroy oh, things. Well, maybe that, yeah, there you go. No, I, I don't know. It does make me think, though, of the Arthur C. Clarke story, Childhood's End. And as I recall, although it's been a long time since I read the book, I remember, like, the idea of Childhood's End is that uh, just one day space aliens arrive and they're just sort of suddenly in all the major areas of the planet in terms of population centers and stuff. <clears throat> and um, th it's not clear, but, you know, what the point is. But the the um, the aliens have you know a technology that we can see, uh, which is just a countdown, like a counter, and um, as I recall, that people aren't even really sure what it's counting down to. Is it or death? Is mm -hmm. it? And I think part of the book is the governmental bodies trying to figure out what that is and all that kind of stuff. But soon enough, I think people figured out that they got to get their shit together. So, like, there's a counter over, and this is a book written probably in the 60s or whatever. There's this counter above, like, Johannesburg or wherever the major cities are, you know, Cape Town, et cetera, in South Africa. And then they, like, they figure, oh, we got to end apartheid <laughs> and, like, get our crap together. And, like, anyway, the book goes in a very different direction after that. But all these problems that are faced regionally, it's like this large entity comes in and it's like alright you have until this time to figure your shit out sounds like strict father extraterrestrial morality yeah it was we know what's wrong with you and we need you to become like we want you to be well, it was a by weird this one. day by this time yeah it was a weird one because apparently the idea in the story and I won't divulge too much longer on this one but the idea was that there is a like a there's an intelligence in the universe and is we aren't we should not be allowed to you know evolve in the universe because it's taking away from that intelligence it's some weird thing it's not god but it's something like that and the aliens that show up are kind of like <clears throat> the janitors or whatever you know like they just like come in and they're like okay you know they 
they're not meant to live very long either, you know, as a civilization, but they're being utilized in this way to go around all these other civilizations and just like clean up their acts and, you know, stop dirtying the brain space or the Mm -hmm. intellectual space. And it was something like that. It was a weird one. Sorry. Well, if we ever did run into like a war of the worlds type scenario, that seems like it ought to be a kick in the pants to start collaborating. Well, I was thinking that it's funny. Like, what is it? I mean, what's the threshold of the kick in the pants? This would seem like a good kick in the pants. But I was talking to you earlier that I worry that this won't be a warning. This will, if like afterwards and things aren't as bad as we thought they were or whatever it is potentially, that we won't uh, react and go, okay, let's prepare for when they, when it, when the, a, d- a disease comes for our kids, you know, which I think will, if it was killing children, this whole, maybe this planet would be like much more mobilized and uniting and, you know, stopping this thing in its tracks or whatever, doing what they had to do. But for whatever reason, there's a little more apathy towards, you know, uh, the elderly population because, like, I've sent you that thing with the, well, I mean, it's just the Joker when he's meeting Two Face in Dark Knight. It's like, you know, if soldiers die in war, it's all part of the plan. You know, it's everything that's a, the natural way we expect that to happen. Well, we expect old people to die, so people aren't as like freaked out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it was something like the you know 1918 pandemic or whatever, where young people were dying in droves, I think if that was happening right now, yeah, I don't think I think it would be so the. So this could be a nice warning for the, when it, that next situation does arise. But my worry is that people are just going to be like, ah, fuck it. You know, reduce all the regulating uh, things on pandemics. Clearly pandemics aren't what we thought they were. Yeah, or <laughs> a sort of an almost paradoxical danger of success. Right. If we address this one and it's not completely devastating, world-altering, whatever, it's more of a two-month annoyance that we won't respect the danger of pandemics anymore because we say, eh, we did when it was fine. We don't need to prepare. Did these kinds of pandemics run through peoples in ancient times, but because people tended not to live nearly as long, it wasn't nearly the signal that we have now in today's world where life expectancy has increased. Um, You know, it's the same idea with like cancer you know third world countries people don't tend to get cancer because they just aren't going to live as long they're likely to probably die from something else you know that's more uh, hazardous to their health because of the structure of their civil you know their society or whatever it is they don't live in a very clean way or you know whatever because they don't have state-run you know uh, programs that provide for you know, them clean living or whatever, or healthy food or, you know, I mean, all the things that happen in this country regarding, um, you know, the sanitation with respect to the food that goes into the grocery stores in this country, in the United States and in other Western countries compared to others, like, I don't know. I mean, it's like there are countries in this world, like in Africa or wherever, where kids do homework at the airport because that's where the lights are, you know? Uh, it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. and they don't, there's no such thing as hooking up your laptop in your hut, you know, like, um, 
So, yeah, that's my worry, is that we'll just not take this seriously. You know? Although that is a question that I wonder if there's a way to have a proxy. I don't know how you would find that signal in historical works or whatever. Do pandemics like this happen, you know, all the time too? But again, we just were... Even back in the 19, 1918, people weren't living nearly as long. And when was penicillin first uh, created and discovered and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. That was the early 20th century. I mean, I don't remember the date. You could look it up or whatever, but... In one of the glass dishes where he cultured germs for his experiments, Fleming noticed one day in 1928 that some mold, such as appears on decaying food, had begun to grow. A spoiled experiment. But with mind alerted by the earlier work on protective substances, he looked closer. He saw that near to the mold, no germs were growing. Might it be that this mold, like the human body, produced a substance capable of destroying germs? He made tests. Fleming published what he had done, calling his substance penicillin. A lot's happened in a short period of time. I mean, fuck. 1918, it was 1969, we landed on the moon. You know, it's like, Jesus. Anyway. So. So it's hopeless, right? Yeah. That was supposed to be the answer. No. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's hopeless, people. You have to crawl into bed now. No, I'm joking. That's well, all we're allowed to do for a while. I anyway. know, I was going to say, I know where you are. I mean, not specifically, but generally. (laughs) You're in your bedroom.